0: Welcome to the Michelle Mission, Two Men One Podcast. Every black film ever made. My name is Vincent Williams, and I'm joined as always by my partner. Hey, how are you, boy? This is Len, A.K.A. the Bat Tribble. And as we continue into Doc Timber, the first what is Doc Timber? What is it? Doc Timber, We're going Doc to school. Doc to school. In September, we're going to talk about documentaries. Can I, tell you, can I tell you my real issue? Can I tell you my real issue? Really, she- In my heart, I feel like it should be Doctober. Like, that just sounds so much October Doctober smoother. sounds good. Doctober sounds yes. good. I mean, obviously, October, we devote to horror movies yes. and Halloween, but Doctober just sounds so much better. It definitely that, flows off the that tongue better. If, you, if you'll notice, this is the first time I've had to say it, so I it just jams my brain up. So, Doctor School. But in my head, I'm thinking Doctober. I don't care what you say in your head. In my head. On the show. On the show, it's Doctor Doctor school. school. We continue Doctor School with a documentary from 2012, A Band Called Death. Yes. Yes. So for all of you tuning in because you thought that we were going to be reviewing Little Richard I Am Everything tonight, so did we. Um, our guest, Lisa Cortez, is the first guest who um, was able to book herself on every week of the month and then be unavailable. Look, but she will be here. Lisa is busy. She's she's busy. Lisa she's busy. is busy. And, but she will be here next week. Yes. To God review. willing, the crick don't rise. God willing, the crick don't rise. She'll be here to review Little Richard, I Am Everything, her feature length documentary yes her choice and her documentary yes yes this was her choice so she's going to like get critical about herself you know spoiler i'm glad it's a good documentary because that'd be awkward i haven't seen it it's good okay it'd be awkward if it wasn't it would it it'd be challenging it'd be challenging but i would look forward to that yeah well you're you're i'm a sadist you're, you're good but tonight, but tonight we're doing a band called Death from 2012. But before that, how are you, Lynn? I'm doing great, Vincent. How about yourself? I'm also doing well. Always happy to be in the company. And good evening to one and all. The missionaries joining us this evening? Yes, yes, each uh, each and every one of you out there. Um Vincent, yes, sir. I have some news. I don't know how this is going to hit you. Okay. But this is real time news, y'all. I'm actually learning this news right now, whatever this is. I have made a decision. Okay. In regards to my movie going. Okay. Okay. All okay. right. All right. All right. As you and all of the missionaries know, I am a huge devotee of pretzel bites. Yes. When I go to the movie. Yes. The FBI has been informed. I have gone to. Pretty much all of the premier movie theaters here in the Philadelphia area. Yes. Okay? okay. And I have had pretzel bites of all shapes and sizes and ages as it will be. Okay. And I have come to the conclusion mm-hmm. that there is only one theater in Philadelphia that I will now purchase Pretzel bites from. And that is because that is because that one theater, which I will proudly proclaim, is the AMC movie theater in the Fashion District in downtown Philadelphia. oh that free advertising, but no, go that, ahead. That's it. Okay. That one has pretzel bites that are a, more of an uh, 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 artesian nature. Yes, artisanal pretzel bites. Yes, sure. and they 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 are. Um, Electable, okay. They give a, a different sauce besides just plain old cheese, okay. You know, it's it's got like a sweet tang to it, okay. Uh, they give you and they give you two sauces, with okay. Each, All right, which well, two serving better than one, and the other one has uh, a bit of a more of a, um, I guess, a, a kind of a, a this slight ranch type taste to it. Okay, all right. Um but 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 I but I love them. I absolutely love them. And now when I go to the theater there, I don't order one helping. I order two helpings. Two orders of pretzel bites. Of those pretzel bites. All right. Yes. Every other movie theater, I will no longer purchase no That's longer pretzel bites. I mean. at those no, because other I can't theaters. trust them. Can't trust them. They're not the same. Not the same. They don't have the same consistency. It's not consistent. It's 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 just I'm I'm I've been so disappointed. Sometimes they're burnt. Sometimes they were the air from the day before because no one ordered them. Or or I was there, got there late for the last show. Sure. In fairness, but I I just I I can't stand them. I can't trust them. Mm-hmm. So I will no longer. uh, purchased pretzel bites at the other movie theaters. Okay. Now, I don't really like popcorn. I like popcorn, but I prefer not to eat popcorn in a movie theater. because it gets in my teeth. Well, that's true. That is what popcorn does. So, what now do I get at the other movie theater? You're going to sneak in pork chops. I'm not going to sneak in pork chops. Okay. I'm asking you, what should I get? I'm asking the missionaries. I'm not a big nachos guy. And especially not in movies. I don't like 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 I'm not big on unless it's like you know like dinner theater type of mm-hmm. type of place. I'm not big on food that could possibly cause a problem. And nachos might cause a problem and stain all over my clothes. Okay, fair enough. So what should I get? Should I get M and M's? M and M's, like the M M&M and M peanuts. I enjoy M and M's. Any of the various flavors. Okay. So maybe so so maybe some M&Ms. M&Ms might be good. M&Ms might be good. Or um uh licorice. I've seen people with licorice. You've seen Twizzlers people with with sure Twizzlers. They had, they've had Twizzlers and I've seen them. I've oh, heard them. Okay. Behind me. With the Twizzlers. Okay, okay. Maybe some Twizzlers. Should I do some licorice? Sure, have some Twizzlers. You you don't have any type of recommendation of your own? I just I just like popcorn, and then I asked you if you wanted to sneak in pork chops, and I'm not going to sneak in pork that. chops. So I'm not, I don't eat pork. Okay, all right. Okay, well, yeah. very, very, very little, very, very little pork, very little just pork. Maybe some curry goat. Maybe some curry goat. Maybe sneaking some. Who do I look like? Tinsel and thyme? Just, just sneaking some curry goat. I'm not going to sneak in some curry goat. Maybe some curry goat. Some curry goat. No, no. Next, you want to say maybe a salad? Should maybe I bring in a maybe salad? I don't know cream of wheat. Maybe you can bring cream of wheat. You bring cream of wheat in. Well, maybe I should bring in some cereal. Bringing some, bringing some cereal. Some like some peanut butter, Captain Crunch, peanut in a peanut butter, Captain Crunch, and in like a carton of milk. A carton of milk. I wouldn't. I wouldn't do the milk. I would just, just. I would just. Just eat, I just, it, dry. Just eat it dry. Dry. It's just, just dry cereal out of a bag. But peanut butter, Captain which Crunch, which is one hundred percent not something that a cereal killer would do. <laughs> what you don't? You've never eaten like dry cereal. Once again, dear missionaries, this is happening in real time. <laughs> no, Lynn, I haven't eaten dry cereal. While, you know what? <laughs> sure, Lynn, bring some dry cereal. But we'll, we'll ask the missionaries. No, we're not doing this. Just what? the dame says y'all, that, y'all can email it. The dame, dame says that licorice is the perfect food. There you go. Food. Y'all email Lynn at what's, what's your account? Like your personal show hey, mission at Gmail ICOD. Oh, I don't be cluttering up our email with this. <laughs> no. Y'all email Lynn. This grown adult man who needs to figure out what to bring with him or or eat at the movies. Look, look. I'm not. You know. SR Watts 1986 says yeah. dry cereal hits honey nut Cheerios. Oh See, I wouldn't do Honey Nut Cheerios because then I feel like a baby. Because that's oh what my, babies, when you oh when you take God. out your baby to the movies. Have you ever oh seen the people God. with their babies in the movies? They hand them and the, like the Ziploc so bags much of the Honey Nut cheerios. I hate you so much because you're making me say, I doubt it's Honey Nut Cheerios because I don't think babies are supposed to eat honey. And I don't know whether or not it's real honey or not. But usually you give babies Cheerios. And I'm so angry that you've pulled me this far into this conversation. I'm pretty sure it's Honey Nut Cheerios. I can 100% guarantee you that no parent is giving their infant Honey Nut Cheerios because every pediatrician in the past 30 years has said, you can't give a baby honey. What do you mean you can't give a baby honey? You can't give a baby honey. Why not? It's something about the honey. Like I I'd add I, I honestly something don't, about the honey. It is it is something about it's it's like honey and shrimp and like there are the foods you can't give infants and honey is one of them. I can understand shrimp, but yeah. honey? Honey. You can't give babies honey. So you can't give them anything with honey? You I mean I, see, I think this is the, the, the logical question. You can't give babies honey. I gave my daughter honey, um, like uh-huh. I mean, in your defense, I think this is something that has happened in the past. I mean, well, Camille's eighteen. At least the past twenty years. Okay, my daughter's thirty. Right, right, okay. right. Like, like, right. like you know, when we were kids, it was just it was, right. It just like I joke all the time. Like, like when I hear people say, "Oh, you know, people our age don't have peanut allergies and this, that." I was like, "Oh, no, no, no! People our age have peanut allergies." But by the time we got to kindergarten. It wasn't no more of them kids with peanut allergies. That's very true. <laughs> like, you met other kids when you were five. They were kind of weeded out. Yeah, so, you know. That's very true. Yeah, That's very true. But sure, Lynn, what, what, what do we land on? John Simmons is recommending Captain Crunch or Apple Jacks. Okay, all right. Apple, so, can you give kids Apple Jacks? That doesn't have honey. I guess. Sure. I'm just asking. I, I mean, I don't know. Yes, As long as it doesn't have honey in it, I just didn't want anyone to be taking child-rearing advice from a film podcast and start giving their kids Honey Nut Cheerios. Like, I had to jump in real quick, kind of like they could have had a human torch on the Fantastic Four cartoon, because they thought the kids were going to set themselves on fire, and that's how they got Herbie the Robot. But it's actually was a lie. That's not what it was. Is that not true? It's not true. It's not, that's apocryphal. It's not true. What it was is that the it's something about the licensing, licensing. the the human. T- you're yeah. right. I knew that. Yes. I, when you were saying it, I knew mm-hmm. that. Yeah. Yeah. But it's a great story. They didn't want people to set themselves of course, on, the on apocryphal fire. Apocryphal is a the great story. story yeah, yeah, yeah. It's probably yeah. apocryphal about honey with with kids. Okay. No, I, no. I've actually had pediatricians say that. Whatever. Oh, anyway, do not give your baby honey. If you're listening to this. No, don't give them honey. All right. but honey, nut Cheerios. N- Can we talk about Ready something to move on? else? All right. I've got, thank you for all your suggestions, ladies and gentlemen. I might I might hit you up on that the Apple Jacks and the Peanut Butter Captain Crunch. I actually like Peanut Butter Captain Crunch mixed with Rice Krispies. So if I eat that dry, that would be kind of cool. But I, but I probably would need a spoon because the crispies are smaller. So I'll just do the peanut butter, um, cat this is crust. my life now. This is my life now. Thank you, Vincent. Hey, we got emails. Hey! You know what that means? Missives from the missionaries. Missives from the missionary. So what else is going on, Lynn? We have emails, Vincent. Ooh, missives from the missionaries. Ooh, We got an email, Vincent, from our good friend Michael Sykes. Hey, Michael. He is moving through all of our past episodes. Absolutely glad he is while still staying in me. touch, watching in real time. Excellent. Uh, this one, this email is titled "Mahogany Movie and Motown." Okay, we'll all right, Motown. All right. Hello, Vincent and Len. I heard the reviews that y'all did on the Mahogany movie starring Diana Ross and Billy D. Williams. That's right. It's a good movie. I just want to talk about how y'all mentioned that it was the beginning of the end for Motown. Yes. 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 Michael says... I disagree. Okay. Motown still had some steam. Okay. 1975, The Temptations had two hits, Shaky Grounds and Glass House. Diana Ross had the theme from Mahogany. Mm -hmm. The Miracles, without Smokey Robinson, had Love Machine. Yes, they did. From 75 to 78, Motown still was pulling out hits with Marvin Gaye's I Want You album and Live at the London Palladium, which both went gold with hits like I Want You after the dance and got to. Uh, Got to Give It Up, which were both number one on the R&B Billboard charts. Y'all also forgot to mention The Commodores with two gold albums like their 1976 Hot On Tracks and their 1977 self-titled album with hits like Just To Be Close To You, Brick House, and Easy. Mm -hmm. Um... And a platinum album called Natural High, which was number one on the R&B billboard for 10 weeks with the hits Three Times a Lady and Too Hot to Try. Mm -hmm. And let's not forget Rick James' Come and Get It, the platinum album that included You and I and Mary Jane. Also Stevie Wonder's Songs in the Key of Life, which won the Grammy for Album of the Year and other artists that they had also, including Switch and Tina Marie. The beginning of the end for Motown was after when the Wiz came out in 1978, and it clearly showed they went on a hit drought after the whiz from 79 to 81, with Rick James and Super Freak and Smokey Robinson's being with you, sort of saving them in 81. And DeBards the tried their best, but after The Last Dragon, Motown was dead. Mm-hmm. All of those are good points, um, Michael. I would contend, though, that when you said this was the beginning, and the end of Motown, you were talking more specifically about the movies. Well, no. Oh, you were talking about the I was actually talking about the Motown machine. Okay. And he actually, because if you remember, if I remember, and I'm going to try and... Think about mahogany and what I would have said about mahogany where my whole thesis of mahogany is that this was Barry Gordy channeling his argument to Diana Ross, basically like through, through Billy D. Williams, you know, fame is nothing without someone to share it with. And, Mm -hmm. you know, the theme mahogany, I think what happened and, and it bears it out. Like I was thinking about it, each thing he named, like, like go back down that list. Like, when you think about the Motown machine, the big thing about the Motown machine is, of course, Barry Gordy was channeling the work ethic of the assembly line. Yes. Where every, it's just, it's just peace and everybody, you know, well, an assembly line. I think what happens when you move into the 70s is very much against Barry Gordy's wishes. It sort of moves into an an auteur. Yeah, because everybody's kind of got their visionary. own shot. Like everything he yeah. just named, yeah. like the Temptations were that—that's the Norman Whitfield era. Mm-hmm. So you know, Norman Whitfield is if he's not on his way out, he's damn sure thinking that he don't need this because mm-hmm. I'm Norman Whitfield. Mm-hmm. Love Machine. He's absolutely right, but this is that was basically Smokey Robinson's gift almost mm-hmm. to the 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 Miracles, yes. as he said, without Smokey Robinson. Stevie Wonder. Rick James. Uh, well, I haven't even gotten to Rick James, but Stevie Wonder and Marvin Gaye had moved into their, their own period yeah, their own where, where yeah. I'm doing my own thing. I think it, what, what our argument was is that when you think about Barry Gordy's vision for Motown mm-hmm. as an assembly line. Yeah, yeah. It had all fallen apart. It had, apart. All played, yeah. it had all falling apart. I, I mean, even you—you you know, like Switch is the brainchild of of Jermaine Jackson, and I think his wife. I think both of them brought Switch in. We talked about Rick James, and you know, God knows, Rick James was always his own thing. The Commodores, you know, I think you could, uh, but even the Commodores were like a—they were a, a band. self-contained unit, and yeah. they came to Motown. Fully formed right, like they didn't really need Motown to do nothing for them except provide a studio yes, and yeah, and distribution. So, okay, there's that. All right, cool. All right, well, thank you, Michael, as thank always, you Michael for and your and insightful and uh, um, oh boy, that's 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 a fascinating period, though. We did get one, and this might be just a little fun, just the, off the top of your head. Off the top of my head. We got an email from our associate producer, actually. Okay. Maurice. Hey, what's up, Mo? And he suggested a top five um, category. But I thought it might be fun just to to throw it out there. Top five movies that starred Denzel Washington. Okay. But easily could have starred Samuel Jackson. Oh, that's interesting. The first one that came to my mind thinking about that mm-hmm. was, um, it, 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 it might have been actually an interesting one to see Samuel Jackson play, play, was John Q. Has Samuel Jackson, well, there was Eve's Bayou. And then his child got... I'm, I'm thinking about roles where Samuel Jackson played a father. That's really... ease by you. And what's, what's the legal one I guess where technically he's a gets fa- murdered? Te- that was... Um, the lawyer movie where he's real sweaty with Matthew McConaughey. Yeah. I can't remember the name of that one. I know what you're talking about. Um, But... But technically, he's a father in Shaft yeah but I mean, yeah um yeah Samuel Jackson as a father that might be interesting. I thought that might be a different mode yeah a different speed for him it might be interesting speaking of of Schaff in action, Samuel Jackson, a time to kill Ladim okay. okay equalizer might be interesting with Samuel Jackson okay, the equalizer films. Okay. okay, um Aaron Fry in the chat is suggesting Ricochet. He could have played Ricochet, but I think he Denzel. A little, he's a little sexy in Ricochet, isn't he? Yeah. Yeah, I think I think that Denzel fits that a little bit. I love bit. Sam Jack, but you don't really get sexy off Not of often. Not often. Yeah. Yeah, you got to work for it. Yeah, so, character work. I'm trying to think of what else he could have done that Denzel did. That wacky uh, lawyer movie that he just did a couple of years ago. Oh. um JP the, Israel or? Yeah, yeah. With the hair. Yeah. I don't I see. Samuel could have done the look. I don't know if he could have done the character. Oh, I 100% think he could have done the character. Really? Because he's, he's, he's kind of quirky. Yeah, I don't see the Sam Sam don't. When is the last time you saw Sam really do quirky? Besides the look look quirky. Think he's quirky, quirky Sam. Yeah, where? W- I, w- yeah, because I think he's pretending to be quirky, but he's actually just deadly. Jackie Brown. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. He's not, See, I don't. And I'm not. You're right. Probably as an actor, or yeah. he sure, probably could do it, but I don't yeah. necessarily. Caveman's Valentine. He's not quirky. Nope. He's actually off. Mm-hmm. I don't know. This is a great question, but this is also a question that is kind of time consuming. It's true. Like this is a like this is a sit down and think about it. Like like Dylan will have to order some wings. <laughs> kind of question. Dylan is always down for wings. Down for wings. Do not it's tempt like, Dylan for wings. Right. Right. He right. will bring some wings in here. Right. Uh, Deborah Battle has pointed out that maybe he could have done glory. Him in the Denzel role in Glory, I don't know if he has the vulnerability that the young Denzel has in Glory. Yeah, and even now that I'm thinking about it, like it's a different like you get a different dynamic between Samuel Jackson and Morgan Freeman than you do you do with Denzel Washington and Morgan Freeman. What do you think think about now? Mind you, this of course would have been younger, mm-hmm. but him in a soldier story in the Denzel role. I know he did a soldier story on stage, but I don't know what role he played. No, he didn't. Or, or if, did he? I thought he did. Maybe I, maybe I missed. Because so many people. No, because I think, spoiler, I think young Sam Jackson, you start to think, oh, yeah, this guy could have be been the murderer. Oh, okay. okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I think the thing about Peterson is that you have to almost wonder. Like, there has to be some mystery. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, I saw somebody say maybe Stephen Biko. I forgot the Denzel plays Stephen. Biko. He could do Stephen Biko. I can yeah, see that. I can see. I can see. Like he's got the heft. Yeah, the actorly heft. Yeah, that, be, that might That might be interesting. Yeah, that might be interesting for him. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I saw Samuel Jackson on 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 Broadway. Okay. In the Mountaintop. Okay. All alongside right. Angela Bassett, he was great in that as Martin Luther King. I just saw him in the piano lesson, either last year or the year before last. Oh yeah, yeah. How was that? He was good. He was good. Well, you know, that's August. Mostly, yeah, so, yeah. You know, you're gonna eat that up. So, yeah. All right, all right. So that that's our emails, all ladies right. and gentlemen. There is no official top five, okay, um, for our September doc to school, mm-hmm. um, because what we're doing for in. September is that we are celebrating 50 years of hip hop okay by returning to the year of our movie to see what happened in that year in hip hop now up to now we've been actually being very direct and looking in September of the of that year mm-hmm. but starting today we're going to veer off a little bit okay because so not much happened in September. Not much happened in September 2012? Yeah. Okay. But in 2012, okay. quite a few things happened. All right. What's going on in 2012? In hip hop. Um. Oh, and Dylan, I told you that we were going to go from five to one. We're going to actually start from number one. All right. We're going to actually start from number one. All right. Uh. And number one... Lil Wayne. You know Lil Wayne? I, I One of do. your favorite rappers? Easy. Go ahead. In 2012, he officially passed another favorite of yours, rock and roll legend Elvis Presley. Okay. With the most appearances on the Billboard 100. Good for him. With 109 appearances, uh, 42 as a solo artist and 67 as a featured artist. Okay. Good for Lil Wayne. Yeah. I would have never imagined. I knew that coming out, when he came out with um, Juvenile and, and mm-hmm. everybody from that camp, uh, which was the Cash Money camp, Cash right? Money. Taking over for the non Non. I could tell that he was the person that had the most charisma. Okay. Even, cause he, even though he was the youngest one. Right, right, right. He was a he kid. He definitely had the most charisma. Mm-hmm. And for my money, he had the most skills lyrically. Sure, sure. But I would have sure. never predicted longevity for him yeah in the game yeah to or acclaim and um uh uh hits to 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 the extent that he has achieved them yeah yeah has had quite a career yes yes are you a little Wayne fan no okay all right number 2 all right number 2 number 2 At 2012's Coachella Music Festival, Mm -hmm. Dr. Dre and Snoop Dogg Mm -hmm. surprised the audience with a performance from Tupac via a hologram. Yeah, I remember that. That That was was in April of 2012. Yeah, that was ghoulish. It was a little. That was ghoulish. And I'm glad that that trend died, it seems like. Quickly, not, not yeah. soon after that. Yeah, I remember. Um, yeah, not long after she died, there was a company that was trying to put together a full length concert mm-hmm. of a hologram Whitney Houston. Absolutely, it never happened. Thank God. It it is terrible. You, I, look, we joke. I'm not really a conspiracy theorist per se. But I'll never forget I saw a story on um 60 minutes I think about the the economics of these musical um not legacies but but the um what's it called their 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 discography? Not discography but their camps, their that they leave behind there were states. Okay. Okay. And I'll never forget and I, and I'm pretty sure they were talking about Michael Jackson. Okay. Where they talked about the fact that there are a lot of these acts, Michael Jackson being one of them, Tupac certainly comes to mind. We think about the 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 challenges that Whitney Houston faced towards the end. Elvis Amy Winehouse, like so many of these acts that had these challenges in their life that if you were in charge of their estate, it was just very volatile. Mm. Like you never knew what the day was going to bring, but then they died, which automatically by definition settles things. Mm. And the person talking about, and again, he was talking about Michael Jackson specifically. He said, in a lot of ways, it is more profitable in the long run for these musicians and artists to be dead Mm. because then you can control it. You don't have to worry about, you know, something coming up and dealing with. And that whole trend with, the holograms and 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 you know it seemed like it was a running joke for years that there was a new there was new Tupac material yeah. for like ten years after he died and you know like Puffy I, I think Puffy just followed Biggie around and just recorded him just everywhere because remember it was like five years after Biggie died it was just always some new stuff and it's just something really ghoulish about that. And and you know, I don't know if our friend Tanya Pendleton is listening. You know, Tanya's a huge Prince, Prince fan. Yeah. And, you know, I start following Tanya on social media, which then the, the algorithm has gotten me into Prince World. Okay. Much deeper than I had been. And there are conversations in Prince World about Prince's estate and Prince's vault and the the economics and the um the ethics. Of releasing this material mm. now that he's dead, mm. and what that looks like, and and that hologram thing, I thought was like that, like that was when we as a, a public said that's too much. Yeah, that's a bridge too far. Like that's too much. These holograms, but yeah, I remember that. That's interesting. You bring up Prince because I remember not long after he passed, it seemed like I was hearing Prince's music. Everywhere, mm-hmm. everywhere that you didn't hear Prince music, mm-hmm. like on commercials and stuff like that, and it's and I sense that there's been a pullback of that, yeah, a little bit, yeah, you know, yeah, that's interesting. Look, it's yeah, but yeah, I, I remember the hologram. I hated the hologram. You didn't. You didn't like the not, yeah. not a fan of the hologram. Mm-hmm. Number three. Number three. This deals with another favorite of yours, Vincent. Okay. One Nicki Minaj. Nicki Minaj. I know what she means to you. Oh, yeah, yeah. Just sit in the study and have a nice glass of bourbon and listen to Nicki Minaj. She was actually pulled from performing at New York's Hot 97 Summer Jam mm-hmm. because the on-air DJ, Peter Rosenberg, called her song Starships, and I quote, bullshit, whack, and corny. Okay. And thus she was pulled from the lineup and did not perform at Hot 97 Summer Jam in 2012. She was pulled because he didn't like it? Cuz he said her song was And who is this? D uh DJ Peter Rosenberg. Does he work at Hot 97? Uh, yeah, he's an on-air DJ there. Okay. okay, all right. Well, yeah. Well, there, well, that's something that happened. It is something that happened. All right. Um, May of 2012. May of 2012. A lot going on in 2012. happened in 2012. Yeah, that and is. May of 2012 was a sad day. Okay. Uh, May 4th, to be exact. Okay. Because May 4th of 2012 was the day that we lost one Adam Nathaniel Yalk. Yeah. Or better known as it MCA. Yeah. MC- one of the founding members yeah. of the pop group, The Beastie Boys. That was sad. Yes, he uh died from uh, cancer. Yeah. On uh in twenty twelve. Um MCA he founded the Asielo Scope Laboratories, an independent film production and distribution um company. And as a Buddhist, he was involved in the Tibetan independence movement and organized the Tibetan Freedom Concert. Yeah. Yeah that was sad. Yeah, it was sad. Yeah, that was really sad. Were you a, a a fan of the Beastie Boys? I and you know. I'm a fan of Beastie Boys and, in theory. And I, I was just about to say that. Yeah, and, and you know, like all the hipsters, I like Paul's boutique. Mm-hmm. Like Paul, like like you know, it's like 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 uh, <laughs> it's such a douchebag answer, but it is my answer. It's like I don't, you know, you know, I like Paul's boutique, but you know, I love the Beastie Boys.
1: Like you got a lot of
0: Beasties. In theory. I mean, look, they were there. I don't put them on. No, no, no. I can't no. remember the last time I I actively I put on the I do not listen Boys. to the Beastie Boys actively and like I said, I got to be the douchey music guy and if I do listen to them, I'm listening to Paul's Boutique. Like the hipster choice. Yeah, but are you really listening to the whole thing? It's a good album. Oh, it is a good album. But are it's you listening It's a great to- album. It's too many skits. It's it is, but you and I always feel you, you, you know the Paul's boutique story that they always tell. Like like they did all this stuff and they you know, all these found sounds and this that and the other, and they they like they're putting together this sort of you know, groundbreaking hip hop album. And then like before they put it out, Three Feet High and Rising came out. Mm-hmm. Right. Shut all that down. Yeah, but yeah, that was sad. Indeed. All right, and number five. Number five, fifth. Important thing that happened to hip-hop in 2012, ladies and gentlemen. All right. Frank Ocean. Yes. You know Frank Ocean. love Frank Ocean. All right. Well, in in uh, July, mm-hmm. on July 4th, actually, he published an open letter on his Tumblr mm-hmm. recounting unrequited feelings he had for a man when he was 19 years old, citing it as his first true Love. Okay. Members of the hip hop industry generally responded positively to the announcement, uh, with Russell Simmons writing a short congratulatory article in Global Grind, and Beyonce and Jay Z also voiding, uh voicing support. This is this when he came out? It's pretty much. It, I, I think it's. Is that your channel Orange came out? I think that's the the they're alluding to coming out. Yeah. yeah. It was just big. It it was it, huge. huge. It was huge it, because Frank it, was a it, it was, was huge. A star, a name, a notice it. was star. huge. And I remember that. Yeah, yeah, it was huge. And Channel Orange is easily one of my favorite albums of the past of the 21st century. Yeah. Like easily. So Yeah. Uh, Fra- uh. I'm actually pissed at Frank Ocean because I want him to stop doing whatever he is that's not music and make some damn music. <laughs> Frank Ocean who is a member of Odd Future. Odd Future or or their full name, do you know their full name? I don't, but my daughter would because she's an Odd Future. She's actually a taller the creator fanatic, but their full name is Odd Future Wolfgang Kill Them All. Of course, why wouldn't it be? That's why wouldn't. Mm-hmm. It Can you name all the members of no, uh, so so what so it's Frank Ocean is Tyler the Creator it's Earl's sweatshirt mm-hmm. and I think I'm done. Yeah. That's all I got. <laughs> That's all I got. And the only reason I got Earl's sweatshirt, I pulled that from my daughter. You did. You did. Right. You, you dug deep for that one. The, 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 uh, the remaining the, the original members were Tyler, Casey Veggies. Yeah. Haji mm-hmm. Left Brain. Of course. Matt Martians. Uh-huh. Jasper Dolphin. Sure. Travis Taco Bennett. Uh, yeah. Oh, you're right, Taco. Cause yeah, yeah. My daughter likes Taco. And Sid. Um, Wait, Sid the Kid is an odd future? Was one of the original members, yes. Interesting. Yes, and later members. Because she's in the internet. Later members included Frank Ocean, mm-hmm. uh, Nakel Smith, Pyramid uh, Vitra. Sure. Domogenesis. Yeah, why not? Mike G. Mm-hmm. And Brandon Duchesne. Hey, man, I guess those names aren't any more ridiculous than Q-Tip fife dog or true uh, or true in, 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 which in, is yogurt smell back right so you know sure a lot yeah. of kids a lot of kids all a lot right. of kids so that is 2012 all right the year of hip-hop all right all right all right now, frank <sighs> because this is kind of random shit that frank ocean would do like you find out like frank ocean is a, is a huge missionary frank if you're listening please make some music for us please and thank you you don't want him to come on the show to review a movie I would love Frank Ocean to come on the show and review a movie. But knowing Frank Ocean, like he'd come on and want to share like his recipe for Hamburger Helper. Okay. But he can do that too. As long as he's talking about a movie while he's doing it. Sure, sure. We can review Friday after next. All right. All right. We're going to move on to Six Degrees Mm. of Derville Martin. All right. You ever hear him "Sing Moon Moon River"? Have you heard Frank Ro- Ocean's version of Moon River? No, I have not. It is it is achingly beautiful. Is it really? I don't know what it is because quietly, Frank Ocean can't actually sing. Yeah, most rappers can't. Well, he doesn't rap, you know. But it is something about that boy's voice. Some people, you know, they, you you get over. You yeah. Know? No, I haven't heard that. I would be interested in hearing that because I. As a rule, I like the idea of Moon River. Moon River is a stupid song. That's what makes it ridiculous. Well, I'm not gonna I don't like know the stupid. How, I haven't listened to it that how did he make Moon River work? And we're talking about Andy Williams, right? Isn't that Andy Williams? I think that is Andy Williams. Yeah, it's Andy Williams that does Moon River. Somehow Frank Ocean makes it work. And it is like you're sitting there like, I can't believe he is singing. Moon River, but well, why is it a super? And song? I'm getting Moon River. It's just sort of something sappy something. and sappy. Yeah, that's why. Yeah, that's why I like, like the really idea kinda, of it. You know, like I've, I think I've seen it in a movie, and I was like, okay, it kind of works there. Like you can tell a father brought home a 45 of Moon River for for his kids in 1957 because they were in the back listening to Jerry Lee Lewis and Elvis, and he don't like the way Elvis shake his hips like a Negro. So he knows his kids like music. So he brought home some music for the kids. So they'll stop listening to uh to 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 Jerry Lee Lewis and the Big Bopper. And you think dad was so out of step that he brought he Andy brought Williams? Home, he home? brought home Andy Williams. Here, listen to this here's I know you like music. I brought home some music. And it was Moon River by Andy Williams. Okay. Preview for next week. What he didn't know was that his daughter was sneaking and listening to Lil Richard. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. Go ahead. Who we got? All right. Six Degrees of Derville Martin, ladies and gentlemen, where Vincent will have six films or less to connect an actor that I give him to a man who does not know death. <laughs> And who also could have sung Moon River. Oh, yes, he could have. One Derville Martin. Yes, sir. Of 70s fame. And keeping in theme, keeping in theme, our movie that we're going to be reviewing, A Band Called Death, mm-hmm. features the Hackney Brothers. Yes. Um, specifically, the two living Hackney Brothers. Yes. Who are, uh, well. Three. Well, it's three. Well, it's three. Right, H- right. three well, that's true. Right. Um, the Hackney brothers, the band called Death features um, three brothers, mm-hmm. uh, David, Dennis, and Bobby Hackney. Yes. So I'm going to ask you to connect. Do you want to connect to, uh, let's go with a famous David. A famous David. Okay. Who do we got? So Six films or less. Mm-hmm. Connect Derville Martin. to David Arkep. David Arquette. hmm Formerly of Courtney Cox fame. Right, right, right. David Arquette. Isn't he in Scream? I believe he is in Scream. He's in Scream. So, um. He is in Scream. All right, so this is how you get. To, this is how we're going to get some fun give to Scream. So, um, Derville Martin mm-hmm. is in. Well, you picked the right movie because it's a ton of people in there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Derville Martin. is in. I think that may have been a movie where he. Where he met Courtney Cox. Met Courtney. Because she's in it too, isn't she? She is indeed. All right. Dervo Martin is in Five on a Black Hands Out with Dick Anthony Williams who is in Mo Betta Blues with Samuel Jackson, who is in Soulman with Bernie Mac, who is in um, Charlie's Angels Reloaded or Charlie's Angels 2, whatever the sequel to Charlie's Angels was. with Drew Barrymore, who is in Scheme, Scream with David Arquette. Very good. Mm-hmm. You made it! Oh yeah! All right! Oh yeah! Very good, Vincent. Now! Oh yeah! He been staying in theme. Mm hmm. In six films or less, we're going to go to a famous Bobby. Famous Bobby. In six films or less, connect Derville Martin to two Bobby Cannavale. Bobby Cannavale. Famous for television, but he ain't done his his share of movies. I was about to say, he's a TV guy. Done a fair share of movies. What was he in? What was he in? It's... Is he the dude near long dates in the best man holiday? no okay why am I seeing him with black people? because he likes he likes black people <laughs> I mean in a movie <laughs> like I feel like I see him in a room with some black people. I'm sure he's been am in I imagining plenty room. I'm sure he's been in plenty of room with black people. why are you segregating the brother um I'm trying to see anything on his filmography that specifically looks like it's. Mm, nothing that stands out. Oh, no, he was in a movie. I'm thinking about that. He's- I doubt this is the movie, though. What this, is it? This was very early in his career. What is it? Well, it's no fun. Now, This, this, is, you're going to make connections from this one. But I guess that's the whole idea of the game. Uh, um, the bone collector. Yeah, I'm not thinking about the bone collector, but that's with Denzel. Yeah, we're not going to do that one. What's he in? was what's the last thing he was in? Last film that uh, Bobby Cannavale. Racist, I think. Easy. That was, was that? I'm sorry. <laughs> mean you to be. are talking about spicy meatballs. If I don't watch you, go it. ahead. <laughs> um. Mmm he was in Sing 2 he was in Tom and Jerry oh my god is that what's going on with him in his life now Um, he was in a, in he was in two things in 20, 2023 but both of those are in post production and in 2022 I'm not sure if these were movies or uh, televisions so I don't want to okay seriously red these were both films. I'm saying, "Seriously Red," he was in, and he was also in in 2022. Blonde. Oh, that's the Marilyn Monroe thing. Yeah, I didn't see that. What's what's he in that I saw? What am I thinking about? Did you see Sing Two? I mean, him, not his voice. Um, this is the night. From 2021. Yeah. It's actually a very good movie. Mm-hmm. Um, that you saw, I did you see The Irishman? Oh, no. I, I think I started, I don't know if I got to the part that he's in. Is he in there in the beginning? He, well, I mean, he's, he's in it a, a fair amount. Yeah. Um, he was also in Ant-Man and the Wasp. That's what I'm thinking about. Somebody black in Ant-Man and the Wasp. I mean, Lawrence, um, not Lawrence. Yeah, Lawrence Fishburne's in there, but you're right. That's not what I'm thinking about. Lawrence Fishburne is in Ant Man and the Wasp? Yeah, because he plays uh, Bill Foster. Does he? Yeah. Oh, okay. I don't even remember. I mean, we'll do the Bone Collector real quick. Just kind of give. Yeah, Dervil Martin, Dick Anthony Williams, Denzel Washington, Bobby Cannavelli. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Very good. All right. So, so, so now we got that out of the way. We got that what now. was he in? What movie was he in that? He was in I Tanya. Yeah. That's a good movie. He was in Jumanji, Welcome to the Jungle. Um, he really is a TV guy. I mean, he's a fair. I mean, I mean, I'm not, in, I mean, like, but yeah, he's not like a lead in any of these, is he? Um, Like, what's his no. big movie? Like, what's his, I mean, his, he, I, like he's not a big movie oh, star. Oh, he's in Black Annie, isn't he? Even though he should be. Um Isn't he in Black Annie? So that would be Annie. <laughs> but you knew exactly what I meant. You knew exactly what I meant. My family teases me because I yelled out in the theater, "The baby can't read." It broke my heart when I found out that Annie couldn't read. The educational system in this country had failed her. Yes, he is in Annie. Yeah, because he, he sings. Um, hey, I mean, he's done. Like I said, he's done yeah. a fair amount of music. He's in the other guys. Yeah. He's in Blue Jasmine. The first Ant Man, you know. He, I mean, yeah. he, he's done stuff, man. Yeah, right, 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 because he plays um the, the the ex's new husband. Right. Yeah. Okay. All right, there you go. Oh, you know what you may be seeing him with black people? What? He's <laughs> in Snakes on a Plane. <laughs> Is it other black people in Snakes on a Plane except Samuel Jackson? I don't know, but I mean Samuel Jackson just... He, just, he just, he just, when he's in the room, it feels every, like a room of black people. Everybody's right. black. Like just Samuel Jackson walks in the room, it's a room full of black people. We all brothers. We all brothers. <laughs> there you go. All right. There you go. All right. Well, six degrees of Dervil Martin. There, there you go. go. There you go. Uh, Deborah Battle with a fun fact: Bobby Cannavale was married to Lena Horne's granddaughter. Okay. See, so there you go, and now you know. He may not have been in a room full of blacks. (laughs) Right, one or two black people. He was found himself in some black. Right, right. Well, you know, once you know these famous black people, once you get to the third generation. (laughs) I'm just saying, not a lot. Not a lot of just chocolate. Black people saying, "My grandparent was a famous black." the time you get to that third generation. We have traveled I'm just throughout saying, this episode. I am just saying, and that is an observation. That is not analysis nor judgment. I am just saying, when you have a famous black person, once you get two generations past them. We're going to move on. I'm going oh, to look, man. You-, you you started it. How did I start it? Because you said he was in a room with some black people with Lena Horne's granddaughter. I was like, ooh, I don't know about the granddaughter. Go ahead. <laughs> Observations, not judgment. I'm thinking about all the emails we get. It's like, why can't they just get straight to the review? Well, you put on there when the review starts. I thought you were going to put the grandchildren of somebody famous. I was like, no, they not. They not listen to no black shit. All right. That was too much. Too much. That was too much. Go ahead. Let's (laughs) Continue <laughs> and get into our review of a band called Death. We'll be right back with our movie review after we step to these messages. It was a great time. It was that Motown time. And you know, here we are in the middle of all of this playing rock and roll. Nobody was making music like that in 73. Three black brothers from Detroit, Michigan just what were they called? They were Death. called Debt. Death. That's a good name. Have you lost your mind? He told us you guys might have a record deal if you changed the name. Absolutely not. We are fighting to maintain our identity. It's pretty hard to be black playing rock because you had to be Motown if you were black. White boy music. <laughs> <laughs> we got turned down by every major label I just put the tapes in a safe place. I didn't think about it. One day, the world's gonna come looking for the Deathmaster tapes. There's been hardcore history sitting up in that attic and no one's known about it. We're just now discovering this band that had been sort of lying in wait. Something they pressed 30 years ago, selling for 800 bucks. Dad, why didn't you tell me? He says, they're playing your music at underground parties here. It's been 34 years since the songs have been heard. It's one of those things that keeps you going to the record store, hoping for another great story like that. The ultimate trend, 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 trend. I don't know of a story like that. I don't know of one. A Band Called Death is a 2012 documentary directed by Mark Christopher Cavino and Jeff Howlett. It tells the story of the Hackney brothers and how the discovery of their long lost demo tape of the band called Death mm-hmm. led to the band's newfound popularity. It is a story of family and community and the power of music here in our third week of doc to school. This was a choice of Lynn Webb. Lynn, how would you like to begin our conversation about a band called death? Um, This is a documentary. Funny enough, I was introduced to this documentary way back when mm-hmm. um, via the Howard Stern show. Okay, and which actually leads off the documentary. Yeah, yeah, there yeah, is, yeah. There um, is a, a sound from the Howard Stern show when one of the one of the uh, members on the show, Artie Lang, talks about having seen the documentary. Okay, about a band called Death. Um, no, I think maybe either either you saw the documentary or he read an article. Yeah, yeah. I think, yeah, he, I think yeah. he read an article. He read an article about the about uh, a band called Death, and. You know about the story of this this black punk rock band that precedes what many consider the beginning of the punk rock movement. Sure, with the Ramones. Yeah. Oh, yeah. In the mid Mm seventies. Um. So, so this was a, a a documentary that always. Kind of been on my radar. Mm-hmm. I just never gotten got around to watching it. And sitting down to watch this, uh, I was pleasantly surprised that at how quaint the documentary was when mm. it starts off. Because it is it it is it is a documentary that is not about Punk music per se. It's not mm-hmm. about an exploration of what is punk and or or even or even doesn't even really seek to define why these black uh teenagers in the 70s were drawn to the punk aesthetic. Mm-hmm. I mean, it loosely touches on their origin, the three brothers, the Hackney brothers, Danny, uh Bobby, and the maestro of the group, David. Mm-hmm. Um, were Dennis I said Dennis Mm -hmm. I said Danny you're right Dennis Dennis Bobby and David Mm -hmm. Um, they were introduced to music by way of their father sitting them down to watch the Beatles on the Ed Sullivan show Mm -hmm. and then falling in love with the Beatles and more specifically falling in love with the idea of playing live instruments that they basically taught themselves to play live instruments Mm -hmm. by um, copying all of the Beatles music. And then they were introduced to the who and it's from watching the who and having this background of the Beatles in their head, that blending of those two influences is what led them to the path of music that we know of as punk, right? Because it wasn't a thing right no so, you know no. so they basically really were giving birth to this um and i would say because of their influence it definitely is punk you know sounds a little garagey um stripped down as far as like not a lot of uh, uh, elect, you know electric uh, accompaniment or anything like that but because i think of the influence of the beatles and specifically you know the 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 later recordings of the Beatles, you know, like Rubber Soul and, and um, you know, Yellow Submarine and things of like that, their music has more of a definitely decidedly a political, but more of a thoughtful bent and and mindset than I have usually found in punk music. Mm-hmm. Um, which made it all the more appreciable to me. Mm -hmm. But this documentary really is just wants to tell the story of these, of these brothers Mm -hmm. holding up one another as they walk this path of trying to become a band. And it's a path that everybody has walked. You know, you start in your garage and to them, they start in their, in their bedroom that their mother allows them to turn into basically their studio, um, their lab, as you were it, for them to create all of these sounds, all of this music and the story of how they create and, and become death, how they move from the rock funk soul review or whatever the first name of their group was mm-hmm. to eventually to death. Mm-hmm. All because of David, the visionary. Um the who I believe was the youngest. Um second was he no old. he was the second oldest. Second oldest. Second oldest. Right, Earl's the oldest. Second oldest is a four. Right, four uh, boys. Earl's the oldest, but Earl did not join the band. No. <laughs> Earl was Earl Earl didn't do none of this. The Earl did, had nothing to do I with love death. Earl. <laughs> and he proudly tells you at the top <laughs> of the drum... <laughs> <laughs> and and if you and if you miss him telling you, the Chiron says, <laughs> Earl, he was not in was, death. Earl, Earl, this was not Earl's thing. <laughs> but it was decidedly David's. Right. Um, and then his his brother uh Dennis and Bobby, and they followed they followed him lockstep in it. Um and this story about how they Try to make it is actually you know a touching um, and also a bit of an inspiring story because they 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 craft together a demo and they find somebody in Detroit where they live. They're growing up in Detroit. Um, they found somebody in Detroit that that believes in them, believes their sound. Not so sure about the about the name of the group, <laughs> Death. It can be a little challenging. Mm-hmm. For those who don't know, the name of the band is not a band called Death. The name of the band <laughs> is Death. Right, right. Not the Death. Right. Not a Death. Yeah. Not wrongful Death. It's just Death. Yes. Um, which is interesting because the imagery that they find, which is actually very uplifting, there's a really a moving moment where... Um. Dennis is talking to the camera, because for the most part, this documentary is narrated by the two brothers. Right. Dennis and Bobby. Dennis and Bobby. Dennis talking to the camera shows a framed photograph that David took. Yeah. That is a triangle in the sky. And you, it is, all it is is clouds, but you can clearly see the triangle Mm -hmm. there in in the formation of the clouds and not only that he points off to the um, left and there's he says and there's a face and he and De- David said this was the face of God and there in the clouds is a face yeah you know yeah. it's it's a very moving moment when you when you actually see that and it comes to light that picture comes to light to you for you in the screen um so the story of their journey of how they become the, the, this band and how they almost make it, but the, it, it, they just can't make it. It's very inspiring, and and they don't make it because of decisions they make. Like they stick. Their well, they stick, well, well, David David, right. To their guns. Well, specifically David sticks to their gun because they're offered that opportunity by Clive, Clive Davis. Hey, I got a deal for you guys. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm going to take a flyer on you, but we got to do something with the name. You have to change your name. And Dennis and Bobby are like, what do you want us to do? Right. We, we, where do we sign? That's we, right. We'll change it to whatever. Your pen? We'll change it to pen. They don't care. But David, who is the visionary, who's the leader of the group, he is dead set like no. If they ask you to change your name, that's just the beginning. Right. And he holds on to his ethics and he says, no, we're not, we don't want to change the name. And he walks away from the deal Mm -hmm. and they never get a deal. And that pretty much begins the end of the road for the band called death in the mid seventies or like probably goes into the eighties, early eighties. Um, and if the documentary is stopped there, there's a lot of stuff to be mined from mm-hmm. there. Just, yeah, you know, absolutely. how these brothers still hold on to one another, lifting each other up. Yeah. Um, you know, how they they don't really want to back David on this because they, they quite as kept, it like, they thought that was kind of like a, a, a weird name too. Right. But their father taught them, you will love one another and you will always right. support your brothers. That's right. Um. So this is what they did uh so they they didn't they don't go any further and th- so then the the documentary follows their life after that which is david unfortunately um starts drinking heavily mm-hmm. he moves back to detroit and he starts drinking excessively um and really it seems like he starts to lose his mojo and he actually st- it seems and I think the documentary alludes to this he actually starts to really focus in on the name of the band right death and death starts to permeate pretty much everything that he does mm-hmm. and he's he's drinking heavily um he's smoking incessantly and he's putting on a bold face when he's around his His family, but for the most part, as his weary wife kind of like details, Mm -hmm. he is, he's slipping. Yeah. He's, he's going. Meanwhile, Dennis and Bobby, they're doing what all struggling musicians do. They got like, you know, piecemeal jobs. Because they by now they a couple one of them's got a family. Dennis. Dennis got a family. Mm-hmm. Uh they're living on their own. They've got to support themselves. But they're still trying to follow their music. And they luck into becoming a a reggae band. <laughs> yes. Called it was a Lamb's Breath or Lamb's Bread? Lamb's Bread, I think. Lamb's bread. bread. Yeah, Lamb's Bread. Lamb's Bread. Right. The reggae band. Right. Uh right. And, and they and they grow, you know locks, a la, you know, uh, reggae, and they they become a modest touring reggae band. Like, they don't ever, like, hit the charts or anything. No, 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 they do have a party favorite, Fire Up the Ganja. Okay, that's their party favorite. (laughs) Yes, they get the crowd going with Fire Up the Ganja. Fire Up the Ganja. Um, but it, but that it at least allows them to practice their craft. Sure, absolutely. Because they make clear these the, these are solid musicians. Yes, yes. This is the, like well the musicianship. The music is right, not the right, problem. Right. Oh, go ahead. Go so ahead. The music is very. It's it's well, lamb's bread is what it is. It's mm-hmm. lamb's bread. Right. It's lamb's bread. Uh, reggae music. Think of that what you will. Um, but. It gives them a modest start. They do they're doing, they're touring. They're I think they're things. still in New England. It, yeah. They're doing well in New England. They're doing new they're, yes. in New England's top reggae bands. Right, right. You know. There you go. Um but what happens as the years go by and the digital age of music starts to pick up? Well well, even, even before that, in a little bit, the 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 punk, the punk uh music scene has come and gone for the most part. But people now in the late 80s are, or 90s are starting to kind of like rediscover punk a little bit. Right, right. And and, and people are digging like these right, in the record collectors and you know all of that. And they're finding mm-hmm. these pressed 45s that death did way back when when they were trying to promote themselves. Right. And all of a sudden the film switches from the point of view of Bobby and Dennis to the point of view of these record collectors, right, who are looking on to finding this this treasure that is death. And then through a series of very fortunate events, this music l- lands via MP3 before the ears of one of Dennis's sons yeah. in California. Yeah. And he's just living his life in California. He's going to school. All of a sudden, he, you know, he, he's, I had heard people talking about this group called Deaf. He's into kind of like punk music, he's into music. So they play for him, and lo and behold, his father's voice comes through the speaker, and he can't believe it. That's my dad. Yeah, that's my that's my uncle. Are you kidding me? And all of a sudden, death has resurrected, and it becomes a thing. And the arc that this documentary takes from the story of these two brothers or three brothers to the story of these record collectors refinding this music to. The sons of this band finding the music, and through that, finding a whole new appreciation and connection with their father and their uncles. That story that this documentary tells is so heartfelt, so real that i i could have watched this documentary all over again immediately after it stopped and i'm not even touching on the music because the music of death is pretty damn good and i don't even like punk music yeah it's pretty pretty good you know i i have to say I actually had a problem lumping this with punk. Like, I understand why people would like, when I think, you know, every day, you know, they talked about the Ramones. The Ramones are in here. And I'm a fan of the Ramones. You know, you think about the Ramones, you think about the clay, you think about this early, you know, sex pistols, like early, which you think, say punk. It's energy. It, like you said, it's garage You know, these dudes, you know, like you you listen to the early Ramones, like Joey Ramone, and I'm like, you know, he's like, maybe they know three chords. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's really just the energy. Right. I think there is a level of musicianship with death Mm -hmm. that elevated them above their peers at this moment. Like, quite honestly, they sounded more like Jimi Hendrix and Buddy Miles to me. Like I understand the speed of it. And it's like, okay, well, I see. But there was a level of musician, like pure musicianship. Yeah, I mean, that's that, fair. That, you know, I kind of gave death. Um, you know, like you, I had heard of this documentary, and and this documentary had made some waves and everyone talked about it. Kind of like we've talked already a couple of, you know, weeks ago or or even just last week. I watch a lot of music documentaries and I think the way this was advertised to me Mm -hmm. or the way I took in the advertising, I really thought this was going to be just almost a by the numbers documentary about this lost group. Right. You know, you, you you know, you, you got the early part about them. and, And I think from the very beginning, The way that the film is like, like when the film starts and you actually see the brothers, first of all, of the four brothers, and I'm including Earl, three of them are alive. Yes. For the bulk of this documentary, their mother is still alive. Yes. Like they actually named the the band death after their father dies in this freak accident. And and David kind of becomes, frankly, obsessed Mm -hmm. with life and death. But you have these three brothers that are still alive. You have their mother that is still alive. And again, they were teenagers in the 70s. So these are men in their, you know, early 60s. By the time the documentary, By the time the documentary comes out. The love that the Hackney family has for each other is palpable. Like these three brothers and their mother love each other. And, mm-hmm. and I think- A lot of these documentaries about these rock groups, especially the one or about these these musical groups, especially the ones that didn't get as big Mm -hmm. as they, you know, like, you know, it's like, oh, this found this lost group and now we found them. I find oftentimes there's some bitterness involved between the band members. Yeah. There yeah. are these very complicated relationships. You know, I haven't spoken to Chucky mm-hmm. in 20 mm-hmm. years mm-hmm. and this, that and the other. So right from the beginning that this is a documentary about family and this family happened to make this music. Mm-hmm. So in a lot of ways, it is. You know, you hear about this, the, everything you just said. They're, they're these black teenagers. They're drawn to this music. They make this music, so on and so forth. And there's a clear cut in the documentary where, where it gets to the point, you know, it goes on everything you just said about the ups and downs and the band doesn't work out. And, and, you you know, one thing that I do love and I said, okay, David, when, 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 when they realize that things aren't going to work out with these record companies and, and the local company that they have been working with basically say, we can't do anything for you anymore. So we're releasing you from the contract. But I thought it was very, very important—an an important detail that before they leave, David says, "I want my masters." Mm-hmm. David gets their masters, and that's when they press these forty-fives themselves that end up out in the wall. Yeah. But, but it lets you know from the very beginning that the Hackney brothers Maybe. or the Hackney family owns this. Yes, yes. Very important, very important detail. There's a break in the documentary after David dies. It says eight years later. Mm-hmm. And again, if you watch these documentaries, if you watch these things about these groups that were lost and then they were found, you it, it is kind of by the numbers. Like, you know, you have famous people that say, oh, they should have been bigger, this, that, and the other. Okay, and you've got the famous people. You've got the record collectors, and they always look like these guys. You know, it's like these hipsters, and they get it. Oh, and then you know, and, oh, I collect these records, and mm-hmm. I found this, and I was at a garage sale, and blah blah blah. And much like you, I thought at this point, you know, all right, this is solid, yeah, the solid documentary. I like it. I'm enjoying it. But I think what really elevated this documentary for me. Was when they start to fold in David's sons. Yeah. Yeah. David has three sons. David has three sons. And as you mentioned, these are, like, they're actually beautiful. Mm -hmm. He has these three beautiful sons that are living their lives and and you know, as you said, the oldest boy is in California and he's kind of alternative and 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 his other sons you can tell that they're kinda like just kind of doing their thing. There's this wonderful moment where where and, and I believe it's the youngest son. They show the youngest son skateboarding. Yes. And he's skateboarding and he's just and he's just free. Yeah. Like, yeah. you know, we have this running joke in my crew about raising free black children. Like we're raising free black children, you know, with so much of what we do and so much of what we've had to do as, as black parents is we, you know, we've been, you know, disciplinarians yep. and, you know, and kind of push for obedience. And, you know, now my generation, we're trying to, you know, change it up, you know, give the kids space. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, so we always say, hey, we're raising free black children. We're ra- and I actually put in my notes Dennis has three free black children and they're doing their thing. And as you said, when his son is the one who becomes a link in this story Mm -hmm. and you get this shift from what you usually have with these stories, where this group has been excavated by these collectors, by these historians. And they're basically the object yeah. That the collectors are and the historians are talking about. But because David's sons are part of the story, now the Hackney family is an active participant in this. So that mm. once death, you know, oh, and then you know, again, oh, death is rediscovered. Oh, we're gonna reissue some things with death. Oh, we're gonna do this with death. But David's sons are also musicians. So part of the way they hype up death is that his sons start a band and and their band is is um Rough Francis. Yeah. Which is a reference to their uncle. Their uncle David is one of his pseudonyms. One of his pseudonyms was Rough Francis. So then they start a band called Rough Francis that redoes some death stuff. They open for death and now it's this beautiful generational story about this family my favorite moment in the entire documentary like my like like it like i actually had a grin on my face the last 20 minutes of the documentary as the sons yeah, are going playing. back and forth there's a moment where where death is is practicing because now people want death to perform and and they get a new member and and they have to get ready and they have footage of death rehearsing and they're like in a garage or just a small studio. And, and it's, it, you know, the shot is, is, is far away. So you see death and you see people around mm-hmm. over on the side is one of Dennis's sons. He has a look of pure joy on his face. Amen. Watching his father and his element and his uncle. Like they've never seen, because as you mentioned, the sons, you know, the sons knew that that their uncles were musicians, but by the time they were born, they had been through two different, you know, they had a they had, had a, a a Christian rock band, and then they had settled on this reggae band. I don't so, know if I don't know if the sons knew they were musicians. They knew that their 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 fathers were Yeah, they did something called lamb's bread. Right, right. You know, <laughs> they 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 kind of jam out, you know, and and you know, Dennis says like I love the fact that Dennis says he is a maintenance man at night, mm-hmm. so that he can, you know, yeah, be that's a what stru- you do, man. He can be a struggling musician, but then he also says, "I have been able to afford my children the opportunity to go to college or not, but to kind of live their dreams." I always think um, one of my favorite things ever. It was, um, I think it's on the Grind Date, De La Soul's album. Where uh, you, it's funny, you were talking about Trugoy. You know, rest in peace to a Trugoy Dove too. And I'm pretty sure Trugoy says his dad drove a bus and his dad hated driving a bus. I think you might be right, yeah. But his yeah. dad loved his kids. So the dad drove so the bus. So he drove the bus. We do. And Dennis talking about working maintenance at night so that his kids could have this life made me think of that. And then to see these kids... See these sons love their father, mm-hmm. and and dude, it it really was. By the end of the documentary, it was actually heartwarming. Yeah, it was, man. So that, like, you by the end, I was all like, I was team family Hackney. Yep. Like, just y'all, just keep you, you know. It's a moment where 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 Ruff Francis is performing, and Dennis and his wife watch him. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah, there's nothing like that, man. And and then he starts to, to tear up a little yeah. bit. Yeah. Which makes all the sense in the world. There's another magical moment when they've been, you know, rediscovered. Yeah. And now, you know, they have the opportunity to, to eat off of their newfound fame. Yeah. You know? So they want to re- rehearse. Whether, you know, their first, their, actually their first live show, really. Yeah. Um. So they get somebody from Lamb's Bread, who happens to be as equally skilled a musician as them, mm-hmm. to play the guitar, which was uh, David's role in mm-hmm. the band. And they talk about it in the film, like when he started to play, they just had to run out of the house. And out of the studio, and leaving the, the new guy thinking like, "What did I do wrong?" But they were like, "Yeah, like he was too much like David." Right. It was just like David. right. And as they said, that was the first time they had played this music since he said 1978. Mm-hmm. A correction: My brother, appropriately enough, in the corrections department, says that was Bones Malone telling the story on the grind date about his father driving the bus. So you know, I hate driving the bus, but I love my kids. Right there, you go. And who did you say it was? You said it was. I thought it was True Boy. It's a better story. Which Tr- I mean, look, man, <laughs> I just love those kind of stories. It's A better story. With yeah. So, but yeah, it's 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 a good documentary. It's a good music documentary. Like if you like if you love these stories about these groups that are that are rediscovered and as time goes on it always seems like um we've discovered everything that can be discovered until we but said you know something else. you 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 love these stories of these groups that are found and mm-hmm. and and how you kind of put together you know at some point um one of the participants in the documentary and I forgot who said it said you know this is why we go to record stores this is why we still look up things and this is a good documentary about that Mm -hmm. but i think this is a great documentary about the power of family yeah it is yeah it's a very good it's a good movie yeah you know yeah and i'm sorry i waited so long to see it frankly me too, but the beautiful part about it is that even though this is a documentary that is over ten years old, it doesn't age no it no. It, it, it it fits in very well and death and rough Francis are still making music still making music i liked i mean i, I like that that they're still making music. I think what I liked even more was that um was that all of this was foretold by David David said it he said it. You know, Give it, said that's it. why he said, hold on to the masters. Yeah. Somebody. And we're not changing the name. Not changing the name. Yeah. Somebody's going to come and they're going to like it. Yeah. Trust. Yeah. Yeah. And he did. So I guess the question is always, would you recommend the documentary, a band called death? I would not only recommend the documentary. I would recommend you going out and finding uh death. So the World Can See, I believe their one album, at least their one album at the time of the documentary, mm-hmm. and may have released an, uh, another one. Um, but that album, Death, So the World Can See, is the album of songs written by David Hackney. Uh, I don't think he's the lead singer on all of them, but he's, he writes uh, the bulk of them. Um, I would recommend that people see uh, this film I think that it is a an, an education about a moment in time in music about per, uh, practitioners of the craft of the art um and I think especially when you can today when you could turn on the TV and there is a nauseum twelve. Solid hours of the best bad news your heart can stand, ladies and gentlemen. Something like this is a very good palate cleanser. I agree. I agree. I very much think this is not only a great documentary, but it is actually heartwarming. It is actually heartwarming. And the group Death, especially, you know, that album as you said i think if you like that pocket that early 70s kind of rock funk you know like 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 frankly you know like buddy miles or eugene mcdaniels or like that kind of re, you know man drill like like this like like i understand i understand oh it's proto punk okay it's proto punk but i i really do think it's it's more neat. Like I really Vernon Reed from um, living color was on the documentary and I really wanted to hear him talk about the musicianship of death. Yeah. Like, this is not about that. Like it's real. Like, as you said, this quietly does not spend as much time on the music as you would think. And, and, you know, frankly, I think it's better for it, mm-hmm. but the music is really interesting. So definitely see the documentary streaming service of your choice look up death um I haven't gotten a chance to listen to rough Francis yet but they're yes. on my list because uh, boy I love boy the footage of them boys playing like, boy what rough Francis was that was a Christian rock no rough Francis is the three sons oh that oh so that iteration of Ruff. yeah 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 that's the three sons and they they kept making music so you know <laughs> <laughs> like, I love them boys making music. So. Amen. But yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, Strong recommendation. Strong recommendation, ladies and gentlemen. Before we tell you what we're going to be reviewing next week, as if you didn't already know, if you were here at the top of the show, but mm-hmm. so that means we're just going to... You could all listen, but this will be primarily for Damon. <laughs> uh... I invite you to follow the Show Mission on the social media of your choice, uh, whether it be Instagram, Facebook or Twitter at Show Mission. You can always email the Show Mission at uh, M-I-C-H-E-A-U-X-M-I-S-S-I-O-N at gmail.com. That is the only way that you can tell us what is on your mind, sadly, but that is it. And it's been proven effective. So continue doing so, please. You can always go to our website, the Mission.com, hit swag, and check out all the cool designs and gifts that we have available for your buying pleasure by way of our good friends at T, T- Public. The Show Mission is also a proud member of the Podglomerate, thepodglomerate.com. They make podcast work such as ours, which is filmed live from Yunk Junk, Philadelphia's premier video podcast palace go to the videocontentfactory.com and check out all of the cool suites they have available for your renting pleasure right there at Yum junk HQ. You can't have this one. This one is branded. A lot of people don't believe me, but this is actually a tattoo on the wall. This is our studio. I think that's just called a painting. I'm sorry. You said tattoo on the wall. Have you never heard of the improv concept of yes and? I'm just saying. You're not saying yes and. It was just it was just so just weird. yes and. It was weird. Just yes place. and. It's a concept that makes yes people think that you're a serial killer. And like who says that? Yes and. Okay, go ahead. Just saying. Next week, Damon, here on the Me Show Mission, we will have a very special guest. Yes. Sir, you thought you saw her last week. You probably believed you'd see her this week. Mm-hmm. But no, ladies and gentlemen, you'll see her next week. God the creek don't rise. Producer, director Lisa Cortez will be here with us. Here. On the Michelle Mission, as we review her 2023 documentary, Little Richard. Yeah. I Am Everything. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Next week, here on the Michelle Mission, where we will lead off the show with Vincent and Lisa having a very Interesting conversation. Ooh. You don't want to miss it. Don't want to miss it. Do not want to miss it. Until then, he's Vincent. That's Dylan. I'm Len. And parting, we say. So, you want to sound and meet again? The Michelle Mission is produced by Len Webb and Vincent Williams and edited by Len Webb with co production by Mo Poplar. Music by Alexa Gold, and filmed at the Video Content Factory. Michelle Mission Michel is a proud member of the Podglomerate Podcast Network.